This is Carla Pincott with the Centre for Independent Studies podcast, What You Need to Know About. Today we're joined by Glenn Fay to explain four things you need to know about the reforms to teacher education. Glenn, education ministers have recently agreed to some sweeping reforms, but the problems in, ed- in education, and especially teacher education, have been known for years. So what's new here? Well, you're right that there's been no shortage of reviews into teacher education. Just in the last decade, there's been three major reports and dozens before that. What's Virtually all of those have had the same conclusion, by the way, and that's that there's a real deficit in the preparation of teachers in Australia. Uh, But what's interesting today and in more recent uh, reviews into teacher training is there's been a, a a mind shift in the way that this is focused. A previous generation of teacher training reviews really focused on who was entering teaching and they were limited in that. They focused only on who were they admitting to the profession and less on how we actually prepare teachers. And in a sense, that's really let off the hook the primary providers of teacher training, and that's universities, who have failed to prepare teachers in critical skills to be successful. And that's what's refreshing in the latest round of of review and much better aligned, I should add, with CIS recommendations over recent years. And that's been a focus on what's actually in teaching degrees, whether where universities in particular are meeting those expectations, and whether the training within the profession in those early years, that the placement process of trainee, trainee teachers, where they learn in the classroom, whether that's fit for purpose. And that's really been the subject of, of the latest round of review uh, and something we very much welcome. So essentially the education ministers will now mandate what's in university teaching degrees. Why is that? Well, unfortunately, teacher training is one of the most complex pieces of regulation in education. And in fact, compared to many other fields, we see in in teacher training, you see this strange arrangement where the states are responsible for accrediting teachers, that is choosing who can work as a teacher, whereas the universities determine uh, what what training is provided to teachers. And because of this disconnect, we've seen different expectations at at each of those levels and rarely the degree of alignment on standards and what's why this is so important is that if you like the the federal government here has the supply lever that is the training of, of teachers through universities but can't and can only set the standards of what the supply to that market is whereas the states have had the demand lever. And that if those things are not aligned, this market simply hasn't worked. So that where, where we see education ministers now agreeing, that's bringing the states and the feds into alignment about what the expectations are for trainee teachers to be able to deliver, and therefore what the providers of training need to, need to ensure all graduates have. And these are, these are four very, very quickly, um, I'll, I'll highlight what those four areas of, of training will be. That's that all graduates will learn about the brain and the the learning brain. So the science of learning. The science of learning, exactly right. That's that's uh, the the term that's now been uh, much more popularly used in recent years. Uh, They'll learn about effective pedagogy and the way that that aligns with the science of learning. They'll learn about classroom management. This is putting into practice. All of those skills aligned with the way that we know that learning brains best uh, the, the environments, in fact, that the, that the learning brain best operates. 
and, and, we'll, and while there's always been an emphasis around how to adapt teaching to differing needs of students, that's now a focus of, a, of what we call responsive teaching rather than it being the main emphasis. And this is because traditionally teacher training has focused on sociology. That is how do teachers adapt to the unique traits and cultures and environments of, of individual students rather than how the learning brain itself, a much more generic feature that all, all humans more or less learn the same. And this is a really important shift by, by really focusing and headlining uh, those areas that are most important. Okay, but I mean, universities have been in charge of teacher education for so long. How can we trust that they're going to rise to the occasion now? Some won't, and that's, that's a reality. There are, all, and we've already seen some reactions. It's been terribly disappointing, but uh, some university educators have highlighted their discomfort with this new arrangement. Uh, but thankfully, they've been marginalised more or less in this community. Universities, yes, but, but, but I mean, what will happen if the university says no? Well, we're we're simply not going to teach uh, upcoming teachers in this way. What happens to that teaching course? Do the teachers still get their degrees and go through into the classroom anyway? Well, that is the seven hundred and sixty million dollar question. Um, that's what we expect to find out very soon from government is exactly what that process will look like. Uh, what the, what government has promised is that within the next two years, universities would only be re-accredited to be able to provide teacher training if they align to the new set of guidelines. And in many cases, that's going to be very challenging. And for some faculties, that might mean having to significantly change the makeup and of who's actually providing teacher training because there and will be how? some. And certainly the, the, the pattern of study, the, which, which, um, uh, which members of, of staff are going to be promoted. What we'll need to see from universities is completely changing which, which qualities they value amongst their faculty. Those researchers and, and practitioners within a, an education faculty who know and, and uh, are well positioned to provide trainee teachers with knowledge about the science of learning they'll find themselves increasingly in demand in that market. And those who maybe don't have a background in that area will probably find some difficulty in, in providing that, that training in future. All the areas you mentioned uh, you know, are very important and particularly the science of learning and so on, but the in-classroom practice, you've often said that it's the most neglected part of the teacher training. What's been the problem here and, and how does this, does this new review fix that? The irony here is that teachers when they're training say their time spent in the classroom is the most valuable part of their training. But policymakers really haven't come, uh, risen to the occasion in this, in, in viewing it in the same way. That's partly because policymakers have assumed that all teachers would get quality experiences during their prac period. But they don't all. It's very uneven. It's incredibly uneven. And what you see, what you see in the, the data that's been collected overseas is that those teachers who graduate from really sophisticated in-class in experiences in highly effective schools with effective mentors, these teachers emerge from their training as effective as a third year teacher. And that's an extraordinary leap for teachers when they enter the profession to overcome what we call the novice penalty. And that's that when teachers first enter a classroom, they do, they do take some time to acclimatise. It's unlike many other professions, teachers are required on day one to be able to fulfil all the substantive tasks. And 
training, the training needs to be really outstanding for that to be the case. And unfortunately, it really has been left to chance. What needs to improve here is, is also the governance arrangement around PRAC. Uh, the, unfortunately, the incentives don't really work in this, this part of the market. Universities are responsible for the training program of teachers, but don't provide that training. That's outsourced to schools. Schools are very busy environments and find welcoming new trainee teachers through PRAC to be a really difficult experience to do well. And often without having much of a guide about how to do it, how to provide a, a good environment for, for trainee teachers themselves. Uh, unfortunately, without better direction to that market, uh, it could continue to struggle. Uh, one thing that's, that has been proposed and I think would make a really important change here is that PRAC teachers should get paid for the time they spend during their training. This is one important way that we can value uh, within the sector, really value the time that's spent in the class and hopefully find ways that, that PRAC teachers can feel like they're making meaningful contributions in a school as an employee of that school of sorts, uh, rather than feeling like they're, a, a, if you like, an appendage to the work that's already been done in school. Uh, so that, that's an important step. And, and I hope to see that something that the government take forward. Well, that would certainly be a good start. I mean, like brain surgery, I suppose, you can't, you can give uh, a trainee brain surgeon all the uh, theoretical training that you, is possible, but you would want them to do some sort of practice on something else before they step into the uh, into the operating theatre. People often forget that teachers are teaching kids from day one. Uh, that's right, and and many many comparisons are are made in the, into the, in the health profession for that reason that. Uh, that we, we want teachers that have had the, the practical experience to marry with their theory. And at the moment, these things are very disjointed. And that's partly because the theory that students learn is not always most appropriate. And by the time they enter the classroom, it's as a block. It's at the end of their training, rather than integrating those at the same time in the way that, that the medical profession does so much better. Well, we might check back with you in two years' time to see whether all this has come about, but hopefully we'll start to see results long before then. Thanks for your time today. Pleasure. If you enjoy this content, please consider joining us by becoming a member of CIS. You'll be part of Australia's growing movement towards free markets, individual liberty, cultural freedom and a limited government. Join today at cis.org.au slash membership.